0: I'm Robin Miller Brecker. And I'm Karen Lenzer. Welcome to Seeking Center, the podcast. Join us each week as we have the conversations and weed through the spiritual and holistic clutter for you. We'll boil it down to what you need to know now.
1: We're all about total wellness, which to us means building a healthy life on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. We'll talk to the trailblazers who will introduce you to the practices, products, and experiences that may be just what you need to hear about to transform your life. If you're listening to to
0: this it's no accident think of this as your seeking center and your place to seek your center and for even more mega inspo sign up for seeking center the newsletter at seekingcenter.app Today's conversation will not only be captivating, it will also be practical. We'll be introducing you to the whip-smart and tremendously gifted psychic medium and spiritual teacher, Nellie Resnick. While we've talked to many intuitives and mediums, we've never really discussed intuition in depth until today. We are all born with this ability. If you don't pay attention to your intuition now, we hope that changes after today. Plus, Nellie is sharing her journey into mediumship and what actually happens in a mediumship or psychic reading. Plus, and this is important, why you should or shouldn't get a reading. And if you do, how to properly prepare. Nellie tells it like it is in the kindest and most hilarious of ways. Oh, and there will be some we couldn't make this up even if we tried stories along the way. This is going to be good. Hi, Nelly. Hi,
1: Hi. Nelly. Welcome, welcome.
0: Thank you. So let's jump in with intuition. How do you define intuition?
2: I feel like intuition is the ability to- to know or understand things without logical reasoning behind it. I've been talking to people about it recently. And one thing that's been coming up is I'm like, oh, I intuitively felt that. And people are sometimes like, isn't that logic? Or couldn't you have known that? Because I err on the side of intuition usually because it's what I do for a living. There's what in the physical sense as we all are used to. And then there's what we feel intuitively. And a lot of the time it does match up, but then sometimes it doesn't. And I am really interested in that divergence and how you're, sometimes you're like, I knew that person was going to cancel, or I knew that this is going to happen, but there's no emotional attachment to it. Or you're like, why did I know that? How did I know that? So I think it's a useful tool and it's also just, it's something that is natural for most people, but I think we have a lot of conditioning that tells us that we can't use our intuition or that when we have intuitive moments that there's something else that they're like, it's just logic, it's just- Right, they'll explain it away almost. Like
0: it has to have an explanation behind it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Nellie, wouldn't you say though to people, intuition is almost the gateway into being a medium because it's really where you need to start, isn't it? And the more that you honor that perception or that instinctive feeling that you have, that is the way you can grow and develop develop that even more? I
2: would say yes. And I feel like a lot of the time I hear intuition spoken about as though it's like a hierarchy, like intuition, and then you go to psychic, and then you go to mediumship. And I don't think one of those is better than any of the others. In a way, yes, mediumship is more advanced, but only in terms of how you use skill and responsibility around it. But I use intuition all the time in mediumship readings. Like mediumship is the ability to talk to the dead, basically. Psychic is being able to tune into the physical environment people things like that things are on this plane and get specific information or past present future intuition is a lot of other things, but I can get something mediumistically. Like I can be like, oh, your husband cheated on you. And my intuition will tell me, maybe don't say that though. You know what
1: I mean? Exactly. But it is that, it's that ability to listen inwardly or outwardly, honor that and follow the thread is where to start if you're trying to develop that within yourself.
2: Yes. And it's also, I find that intuition will tell you things you need to know. Like a mother's intuition. Something, yeah. Or don't go into that train car or walk Mm -hmm. down this side of the street, not this side. And so it's, I think it's very necessary. That's why I think I'm saying that the other mediumship and psychic ability isn't necessarily better because you can get, Oh, there's a person in that house wearing a green sweater right now. And maybe that's a psychic feeling, but Mm -hmm. you don't really need to know all all that. Yeah. (laughs) Your intuition will tell you like, yeah, don't go here, go here. And that's often more what you really need to pick up on. Yeah. It's
0: really, I think this, personal skill and awareness that yeah. that everybody in my opinion should really develop and practice we all have it as we mm-hmm. were saying and yet it's so interesting because nobody when you're younger talks about it I'm trying to think of the first time i ever heard of intuition I was older I mean I may it may have come up in my teens but not in the way that I understand it or started to understand it in my 20s
1: let's say yeah so I, think, I had a teacher that that say, what does your gut tell you? That was probably as close as I ever got to intuition, but it was never called that.
2: It's so funny because you hear that all the time, but it's like those same people who tell you, listen to your gut will be like, no, psychic ability isn't real. Do you know what I mean? People don't know how to name it and they call it by other things or they'll explain it, but it's, yeah, exactly. And same for me, now that you mention mentioned it, I don't remember when I first heard about intuition and looking back to childhood, I remember children play games sometimes that are actually very intuitive games. You brought up a random memory for me of being in the science class at some point, And there were like overturned cards or something. And I was like, oh, I think this one's this one. And this one's going to be this one. And then you turn yes. it over and you're right. And you're like, that's an... And- Intuition game that's developing your intuition, but you're like, oh, it's just a game. Intuition is often playful. I well, think to and, your point, you know, like, and
0: even when thinking about intuition and knowing we were going to have this conversation, we were thinking about what can we give people as one thing they can do to start to tap into more of their intuition. And I think what you were just even saying prior, do you go get a hit almost in your mind to go one way or the other, like literally take a left or a right, or don't go into that room or there's something that strikes you, and you don't know where it comes from. And sometimes the logical part of us just ignores it. But what are some exercises people could do, or one thing that someone can do to start to develop that trust?
2: There's a lot of different things that I would say. I think one of them is to start paying attention when you think you have an intuitive moment. Your intuition will often come in a way that's how do I put it? It'll use your own knowledge of what. Different different feelings of yours feel like, but it won't be the same. As It'll use the feeling of maybe disappointment to be like, oh, this person isn't going to show up, but it's going to come in. You're going to experience it differently than you experience actual disappointment. So start to really pay attention and log. And I'll give you an example. This is one I use in my classes sometimes. It's like a really silly one. But I was booking a client years ago. This was back when I was I would email people What a nightmare. But this person, we were emailing back and forth and it was all over the span of 5-10 minutes. This place, great, whatever. The last email I was sending was like, okay, so confirming this time and here's how you can pay me and whatever. As I'm sending it, I just have this random thought out of nowhere that just comes in that she's not going to book you. Like she's not going to pay, she's not going to show up. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I sent the email and I'm like, let me wait and just see. Interesting thing about that thought was that it came out of nowhere. I wasn't consciously thinking, is she going to actually book me or not? I wasn't worried about it. I didn't really care. It wasn't something I had emotional attachment to and it wasn't something I was anxious about. Do you know what I mean? And thought just came out of nowhere and I couldn't get it back. And I didn't know why. With intuition, you often won't know why something Mm -hmm. you're getting into some information. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I ended up being right because I'm psychic. And the day before we were supposed to meet, I emailed her and I was like, so just like confirming and she's, oh, I'm so sorry. I just got back from a trip or whatever. And I won't be able to, I'll book you a different time or something. And I wasn't even mad I was just like validation yeah it's uh, almost
1: like when you say to yourself after I had a feeling yeah I had a feeling that she would say that and maybe almost catching yourself to remind yourself of those moments when the feeling did validate itself
2: yeah exactly and it's also like you say feeling but I actually find that most of the time it's a knowing it's a feeling in a way but it's not how we usually think about feelings it's not attached to anything thing it's not it's like it just comes in a flash and then it goes away and you can't get it back and it's often unemotional most of the time not always it's a really that's a great definition before I forget because I think this is important too if you want to develop your intuition you do want to start with things that are simple play games with yourself ask questions like which train is going to come next which elevator is going to come first what color is this person going to be wearing today you don't want to start with should I go to grad school or should I have a child
1: good advice.
0: I know this sounds weird, but it's also different than let's say manifesting, right? Yeah. People yes. should know that too. It may seem obvious, but sometimes as you start to play those games, there's a difference between we're developing your intuition is different than developing manifesting
2: skills. Yes. And I also, this is another thing that may sound obvious that I think people often need to hear it. Intuition won't completely change your life in this way, where suddenly everything's going to go perfectly. It's you still right. you have to like make mistakes mistakes. mistakes and live your life and learn lessons or whatever it is you're trying to do with yourself. I don't know. But yeah, it'll help you out. But also that will still happen. Yeah. It's really, to me, it's more of
0: a helpful Guide or tool. It's like another resource,
2: and
1: if you play the game of it to develop it, and it's not attached to an outcome, it will come more easily. When I'm driving during the day, I often use it to
0: say, "Which way should I go?" And that's like an easy, simple. I'm not attached to it, but I just want to see it, and it'll say, "Go, go straight." All getting me back to the same place or wherever I need to go. If I'm, let's say, I'm coming home, I often feel there's a reason I'm taking that route. Most of the time, I should say, you have no idea why. but maybe I avoided something else or I end up running into a friend who's walking, whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I was just going to say, if you're in a room of people, I like to do it that way as well. People that you don't know or a brand new group and sitting down by that person who you feel intuitively drawn to. Yes. Good way to do it.
0: Yeah. This is awesome. So hopefully now people have a better understanding of that word because I know it often comes up in our conversations but we really haven't unpacked it to that level. So, let's now talk about your journey into mediumship. And I love to thank you for also somewhat defining what psychic and medium are in relation to intuition. So, tell us about what was the catalyst for you? How did this journey begin?
2: I think I've always probably had high- heightened psychic, I don't know, skills, whatever you want to call abilities. But it wasn't something I was aware of for most of my life. And then in my 20s, somebody close to me passed away. And it was really through the grief process that basically, yeah, I couldn't ignore the psychic ability anymore. And it started to open up more. I think when you're at a really low point in your life, you lose the ability to pretend and to hold things back. And when the beginning of I was a little bit concerned because I, I was reading a lot about grief because I just wanted to know what was going on with me and the effects of grief can be very similar to like psychosis and so I was like okay I don't want to jump to any conclusions here that people are talking to me and I need to figure this out th- then things just started happening I was like I think I want to take a class or something or figure this out and then I just happened to see one It went to a medium for the first time who was a real medium and not a scammer which I had run into previously and I don't know this whole world opened up to me and I should say that previously because I'm saying this because maybe some people will recognize themselves in this or be able to relate to this obviously depression and anxiety are real things for me I had also realized in studying mediumship and starting to understand how my system was working that previously I'd been a very anxious person I would suffer from depression and things like that and I didn't realize how much of that was just my system being overlooked loaded with intuition that I wasn't listening to and to just feeling people's energy around me that I couldn't recognize. I think empath has become a dirty word a little bit, but it's a real thing where you're just like picking up on other people's energy that isn't yours and you don't know how to process it. So I'll just say that. So then I just started taking classes, trying to figure it out. And that's when I really learned that it's a skill that you develop. And in the beginning, I had some very amazing readings that I did because I just needed proof for myself that this was real, that I was able to do it. I was getting details that I don't even think I get anymore just because I was really wanting This is exactly what your person looked like. And this is what your house looks like and all of that. And then at the same time, I was doing readings where I was just learning how to piece the information together because starting to learn mediumship, it's a little bit like learning a new language for the first time where things will come in symbolically or you'll start to see in your mind's eye or feel something, but you don't know how to name it. And then the more you practice, the more it builds and you're able to be more fluent in it. Yeah, that's a long story about (laughs) how I got here. Was there
1: a moment that took you though from your grief to that medium reading and then to you actually believing that you could practice it on your own? What was that transition?
2: I'm not sure if it was one moment. I feel like when you mentioned that, I do feel like I have moments, but it was more like a a tumbling into it, like a very messy slide. I think the very first reading I ever did, I remember it because I had signed up for this class. It was online before everything was online. And I was taking the bus home and I had this reading scheduled with this woman in Australia who was also taking the class and we were going to practice on each other. And I remember being on the bus and just talking in my head to spirit and just being, okay, I believe that this is real. I've seen evidence from other people, but I don't know if I'm capable of doing it and I don't know if I'm meant to be doing it. So if I'm meant to be doing it, can you in the reading just show me a bunch of things that like, I couldn't have known otherwise to give me a sense of, like, yes, I'm capable of this and I should be doing it. And if I'm not, just don't show me anything and then I'll know. I was very nervous. I told the woman that I'd never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing and tuned in and just saw, yeah, saw her whole house, saw everything. I was like, you have one vase in your house and it shapes like a triangle like this. And she was like, yes. And then I was like, there's someone who pees outside of your door every day and loves it, thinks it's hilarious. And she was like, yes, it's a dog. It was ruining my plants all the time. I was like, like you have a tree in your backyard that reminds you of home. And she was like, yes, I'm from New Zealand, but I live in Australia and we don't have this tree anywhere in Australia, but there's just this one tree that we have and it's from New Zealand and I make stuff with it. And then, but the coolest thing was, so I didn't, I couldn't tell yet what was a mediumistic connection, what was a psychic connection. So I was like, I think there's a man and a lady. I don't know what's happening, but I was like, I'm seeing a rug that's, and I described it and the colors and I'm seeing a rocking chair. And she was like, my mother-in-law just died too. Two weeks ago. And I, t- so I took one thing from our house and thought about taking another thing. And they were a rocking chair and a blanket that she used as a rug. That was exactly as I've described it. So I was like, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> and then I did a bunch of shitty readings because that's just how it works. And I was still grieving. I think grief never really goes away. But over, I think it took me a year before I ever charged for my first reading because I was practicing a lot and just trying to figure it out and also learn how to hold space for people too in reading because you have to do that too, if you do it professionally, but yeah. And I think that story is kind of important because I feel like a lot of people think that mediumship or being a medium, it's something you either have or you don't, or that it's like you figure it out and then you're on your way or whatever, but actually it's a process it's a skill. There's a lot that goes into it and it builds. So I kept a spreadsheet of how many readings I did. Like, I was very nerdy about it. I went to a weekly development circle every week, just trying to like practice techniques. And then I started doing it professionally.
0: And in that reading that you talked about with the medium that was legit prior to you really going in and, and doing this on your own, would you say that there was something in there that really unlocked for you in terms
2: of, and also Potentially helped with the grief. Yes, with the grief and with the mediumship, both. It was really beautiful because I feel like what struck me about it was that the person who came through, who had been wanting to talk to, he, it was his personality came through. It wasn't just a bunch of fat about him. And I want to say that because I think even mediums don't always know when they're doing this. It can be easy to pretend to be doing a mediumship reading when really it's psychic. Let's say your grandma died. I can read off of your auric field information about your grandmother. And if you don't know the difference, you could be like, oh, wow, that was so accurate. And it's, yeah, I could get a bunch of facts correctly. This is how she died. This is what she looked like. This is whatever. But really, it's your grandma when she's coming through being like, I didn't like this thing about your house. Why haven't you changed it? You are like, oh, that's like I had forgotten with this person. I'd forgotten how annoying he was. And in (laughs) the reading and he came through like making fun of me the way that he slouched, she really got. Uh, just reactions that he would have, where I was like, Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yes. Where it's, I think also people sometimes think that you die and then you suddenly know everything and you become wise. And it's like, Why would that be true?
1: It's like, No. <laughs> Wait, it's not-, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, it's not. They still do work on the other side. They still have to heal and it's a process for them as well. It seems. So, yeah, I think that reading really unlocked something big for me because it was like, Oh, that, right. That's him. Y- yes, you know? I love.
0: Yeah, I never really thought of it in that way in terms of a psychic reading versus a mediumship reading. And that in a psychic reading, you can pick up someone's aura. I'm obsessed with this. So I'm interested. So
1: please. I, and I've never thought of it that way. But I have had people say to me, that's what they think is really happening. That whoever the reader is, they're just picking up from that person. I'm thinking of like, it
0: for like, myself. Developing yeah. my own medium. And psychic skills because I am always practicing. I never really made the distinction. I never made the distinction and I can see where a lot of times it really was more psychic. And now I can also pinpoint when it was actually a mediumship too. So anyway, thank you for-
2: Oh yeah, I'm really interested in how things develop and the development of mediumship and what it has to do with culture and how that all ties in because a lot of what we think of as mediumship now are what we see and on TV and everything. It's really developed from spiritualism, which is a religion that kind of started in the 1800s in upstate New York. But it's obviously that's not the only form of mediumship or the first form of medium. But a spiritualist movement, it was during a time when, from what I understand, people were questioning religion and people were more interested in science. And so people wanted to see if they could prove that mediumship was real. And I think that developed in a very interesting way because we live in such a society where we're so disconnected from our intuition from our mediumship it's almost like this other part of life that you sometimes access and then you go right back into whatever else that you were doing and I actually think that trying so hard to be evidential because what I learned it's called evidential mediumship I think your listeners have heard of it but I think a lot of people haven't but it's what Yan on TV like, your grandma died of a heart attack she looked like this and when you're so focused on evidence I think you really lose the essence of mediumship and the humanity of it because I've kind connected with a lot of different souls and they don't come through in the same way and they're not all easy to talk to and sometimes you'll feel they're reluctant to talk about something actually or I've connected with souls of cross that have committed murder or who've done some stuff and that's a very different feeling and connection than this is so imp- I'm so glad you're talking about this I think
0: it's really important for people to remember that it's all kinds of souls that you're coming through and what you're and that it's the feeling of that energy that you're getting it is so different
2: it is and it's and mediumship i think is really a clairsentient activity in a lot of ways meaning clear feeling so do you feel the actual soul coming through and starting to talk to you and i felt the difference in mediums reading for me when they haven't necessarily realized that they're doing psychic versus mediumship and i think it can be very damaging actually because you can be going in as a Person receiving a reading and it might seem fine. I'm thinking of a reading I did for this woman, not to brag. Of course, I'm going to make it like, and I did it well. And the other medium did it terribly. But she was telling me, so her father came through and he was a very interesting character. They won't go into details, but he, not your typical, oh, I love you so much and died of a heart attack, whatever. No, it was like this whole other thing. And it was difficult to get him to start talking, but that's how he was in life too, very secretive. And he did have a lot of secrets. like pulling teeth a little bit, but I told her that's what was happening. And she was like, oh, I get it. And she told me about this other reading she'd had where he's, he didn't even talk to me. He was just kept talking about my mom and all this stuff. And I didn't say this to her, but I was like, that medium was not picking up on your father. I'm sorry. You can be like, oh, your father's in spirit. He's talking about your mother. And that like all of this, just like psychic information starts to come through or even about him. Like maybe he looked like this. And then as the reader, you're left a little bit cold. Yeah, that sounds like him. But why is he talking about that? Or is oh not God, even acknowledging totally. the- Thing that, that happened. happened to both Karen and I with others, yeah. I want to be, it's a really difficult job, and I think I don't want to be mean about mediums either because I think most people are doing their best. I think it's just this pressure to perform, and also as a medium, you're only able to receive information that you're ready to receive as well. So, if it's not within your belief system that souls who cross can be, I don't know, still going through something or reluctant to talk or anything difficult, then you you won't necessarily pick up on it. So I think it's the job of the medium to be really open to possibilities and not just go off of belief, but really be really curious and open, which is not an easy thing to do. So I just want to be kind to people trying to do this work as well, because I've probably done it too. I've made mistakes too. I love that clarification for people and understanding
0: how this has developed. I love that you were talking about spiritualism and so forth and where we are now.
1: And it goes to the next question we wanted to ask too about, Uh, can everybody actually really do this? Because I think you were saying earlier that we all have intuition and it can be developed. But to your point, it is a skill that has to really be worked diligently and carefully and honestly over time. What is your answer to that? Can everyone Uh, do this?
2: Yes and no. I feel like when people ask me, is everyone a medium is asking if everyone's an artist? It depends on how you're looking at it. It's kind of the other example I give is it's a little bit like anyone can learn to play football, but not everyone can play for the NFL. That requires 10 different things to be true. But yes, I think everybody has the capacity for mediumship. We are souls in bodies. And I think it's through connecting with your own soul, which sounds a little abstract. I understand that that as I'm saying it, but really learning to tune into even a chakra or something, get yourself started, that you were able to connect with other souls, whether living or past. And we do it, to your point, Karen, from before, when you meet someone and you're intuitively drawn to them, it's like, what is that? That's not mediumship. I wouldn't classify that as mediumship, but it's a soul-to-soul connection. Something's going on that's not logical or nameable sometimes. Does that make sense? Oh my what God, is- it does make sense.
0: And I think it also goes to everything we're talking about. It starts with intuition to a degree. And again, it's not hierarchy, but it's mm-hmm. developing that and starting to understand messages, what's coming in and then being intentional with your own thoughts about what you are asking to receive and connection with other energy, whether that's psychic or mediumship, being intentional about those connections.
2: And also to the point of mediumship as well, a lot of people lose someone that you love. And it's obviously really difficult thing to go through. And I want to say this because people grieve, they want to hear from their loved ones or how do I know if they're around me? And I feel like I run into a lot of different things with this where sometimes I think people are like, oh, I can't feel my loved one around me, but maybe they come through in a dream to someone else or something. And what can happen there is they might not be around you, sorry, but they might be actually. And you might just be very used to their energy. And so it becomes almost part of your own or you're not feeling it. The other thing is that we've said this before, But if you're really attached to an outcome or you're really desperately wanting to feel them or hear from them or have them come through in a dream, that actually creates almost a block because you're so focused on that one thing. It's like when you're writing an essay and you're like, I've been staring at this one sentence for two hours. Let me just go eat something Yeah, and come back to it. Or people ask about signs a lot and they're like, what's the sign from this person? And I think often people think about mediumship as that you're just receiving things but it's actually like a back and forth conversation where maybe a spirit will show you a bird or something I don't know canary it's the first time I've used canary in a sentence i think maybe ever yeah. and you're like oh is that a sign from this person and they go yes she paid attention and then they'll send you more canary but if you see a canary and you're like cool there's a canary and that, then your spirits could be like oh Crap! We've got to send her like a leaf or something next. Hopefully, she'll... I
0: think it all leads to talking about what's a mediumship reading like with you. Because I think everybody conducts readings differently.
2: Yeah, for sure. I feel like I approach it in a holistic way. I think in the beginning, I used to really think of a psychic connection and a mediumistic connection as two extremely different things. And they are. we've talked about it. But I feel like really in a reading, you need that kind of flow of information from different sources. So first of all, I usually tune into people's energy first and their higher self first to be like, why are you here? psychically I pick up on that information because if someone's house just burned down and they need help with that their grandma's not necessarily gonna help them she I, might I think that's she actually nice. of it. it's
0: actually very important for people to understand I think a lot of people come to a reading and we're going to talk about who should and shouldn't really get a reading at a certain time but people don't necessarily think about the fact that there's actually a whole team that they may not even know that's surrounding them
2: yeah there's a whole team and and also, that a lot of the best psychic information actually comes from their auric field. And I think that this is important because people are obsessed with outsourcing power and wanting to hear from, oh, does this, what does my spirit guide have to say? And what is, the, and it's, you're a spirit too. So it's like, sometimes the best information comes from me just tuning in, just got basic psychic connection. So yeah, we do different things. I feel like when it's about the person, a lot of the time it's just tuning in with them and seeing what's happened in their past or in their ancestry that's brought them to this point. So perspective and understanding. I tend to focus on that more than on predictive stuff because I think predictive stuff a lot of the time is just potentialities. And I just try to do it in a way where I give over to what needs to happen and often that's just helping people get into their own power a little bit more and figure it out. And then maybe other people that you've known who have passed will come through. And I also, a lot of mediums, and this is the way that I was taught, where they'll just do whoever comes through and that's who's meant to and that's it. And I've stopped doing it that way because I find that sometimes I just don't pick up on someone naturally for whatever reason. But that doesn't mean that they're not there, or don't want to talk, or that maybe the person really wants to talk to them. So I try to give room at the end to where if something didn't happen that you want to know about, or you're hoping to hear from someone, there's no guarantees, but yeah, let's call them.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think to your point, the mixture of the psychic and the mediumship in my own experience makes it even more special. Receiving if you did just lose someone important in your life and not just like within a year or something and maybe it's a year later, you do first want to just make sure that they're okay and you want that validation that it's them. But then what I have found is that then being able to receive certain guidance or messages for your own life from them or whatever other spirit is coming in is what makes it it's even more magical. I'm going to experience. I think
2: so too. I think it depends on the connection. It depends on, as you're saying, how recent it was. Someone who, even if you were close to your grandmother, maybe she passed away five years ago, that's going to be a very different connection than if your husband died six months ago. Exactly. That's such a great point. Uh, so,
1: to, I guess leading into the who should and who shouldn't have a reading then, if someone is listening and wants a reading right now, is it important they do a little bit of a self-assessment before they walk in about where their energy actually is and where their expectations are? Please do.
0: <laughs> for Nellie, I've said this to her before, she has your prep and prefacing. Before before you even book a reading is I've never found anything more written number one thank you <laughs> and an honest and really on target so please
2: tell everyone listening yeah, yeah I think I have to say too often it's a feeling so before I even say what I'm gonna say I think a lot of people will look at it as oh God maybe I'm not right I thought I was but then I read this thing and maybe I'm not you don't have to overthink it either what's the worst that'll happen this is like even if it's awkward and you're like I didn't get what I needed it's fine but with that said I think if the following are true... Me list some things that I'm thinking as I think of them. But so, first of all, with mediumship, this one's a little bit tricky because everyone has different needs. I would say, for the most part, if you've just lost somebody and it's so recent, not that grief is linear, but if you're in total shock, if you're still in the phase of kind of bargaining and not having accepted yet, I won't say don't get a reading, but just be honest with yourself of whether or not you're really ready because there's just no no bypassing the grieving process. There's always exceptions, but you don't want to do the thing where you go get a reading and then you almost get into a loop of getting addicted to getting readings. That can be very damaging. We do mediumship and psychic work within the society that we're in and that can't be removed. Can you tell I studied sociology? But it can't be removed. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so annoying. They can't be removed from each other. And it's like we're obsessed with instant gratification, which I don't want to call it that too much because because obviously it's a really serious and difficult thing. But you just be honest with yourself. of Am I just trying to not feel all these horrible feelings? When you're still waking up being like, Oh God, is this person still... I need to call them. And then you're like, Oh God, like within the first month or something. Like you just... A grief counselor or someone like that might be more appropriate to go to. But that's something to just self-assess. The other thing is, this is especially for people who are looking for a psychic connection. What are you doing with your life? Are you just sitting around and then you want to go to a psychic because you want them to tell you that you're going to be, I don't know, the next Kim Kardashian or something. Have you even designed a new Spanx lines? No. Part of why I wrote the thing I wrote is because sometimes I would have people be like, but I already know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, whose fault is that? Do you know what I'm saying? What are you doing with yourself? So I think that's part of it. Two is have you taken action in your life? Do you know at least a little bit of why are you here? You wouldn't go to a doctor for a checkup and then Leave mad because he didn't find anything. You know what I'm saying? It's don't come to me. <clears throat> then get all mad because I'm like, you're fine. It's having
0: real intention and really utilizing it to only move things along. It's not the answer.
1: Or to say, what is my block? What is standing? Let me understand, I've done the work and I don't know why. That's right. That's That's a bad way of approaching it.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, exactly. Having an intention and basically not wanting the psychic or medium to solve your entire life for you. That's not how it works. And yeah, so those are some of the things. I feel like there's, I would say those are probably the two main things. I would say the other one is if you're going just because you're curious, that's fine sometimes, but you're going to get what you put into it. So if you're going because you want proof that psychic ability is real or that mediumship is real, you're probably going to be disappointed because I know kind of what I was saying before, I can get a bunch of information about whoever. You can't prove this stuff. That's the thing. We do have common experiences and I can pick up on a bunch of details, but if you're not here to figure out what's going on or be active in the reading as well it doesn't mean telling me a bunch of information but just being open energetically and being willing to actually show up then yeah that's gonna affect the reading then you're gonna leave with proof that it's not real okay you just wasted money like what in time both of our time Totally.
0: I think that's so true. And that actually talking about that leads to how should somebody prepare for a reading? Let's say they're like, I do feel I need this help, whether it's with grief or needing that connection with someone who passed away or needing some guidance from their own soul or other spirit's that are helping them? How should they prepare?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. I feel like it's going to depend on the person to some extent. It's going to be up to you, but I find it helpful when people know why they're there at least a little bit. So maybe just write it down and you don't have to share it with the psychic or medium. Just have something, because also I think writing something down just unlocks your brain in a way where you're like, oh, this is why I'm here. Maybe just a couple of intentions or questions. And by intentions, don't do the whole cheesy thing of I'm open to whatever i need to hear that's not an intention that's just like you sh- just yeah that's how you need to show up but come on it can be as simple as like, feel a little stuck at work or i would love to hear from this person invite them in if you want to hear from your dad invite him in one of the best readings i did i remember like afterwards the girl was like and i told him before the reading i was like you better show up for nelly you better and he did so it is a collaborative process in that way. And she didn't even say anything to me. Exactly.
0: You know, I hope people understand I'm bringing it up because it's not for you to share with you or whatever medium or psychic they're talking to. It's for you. And what I often find is not only setting an intention, but then writing a few questions, as you said, they get answered without me ever asking them.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the thing that people need to understand is that the energy they bring into the reading is going to affect the reading because it's my energy off of yours. So when I'm giving I can't give 100%. I need to give 95% and 5% from you. because also if you have things written down about what you're hoping to get from the reading and then the medium is going on about something else cuz I want to say I pick up on what you need but also I pick up on what I pick up on. I pick up on stuff also based on what my interests are. My interests are like how the hell did you get here and what just psychologically what's going on. That's where I tend to just go naturally. And if you're like I just want to know what's going on at my workplace. Say it's your reading. It's yeah. It's a balance of power that needs to happen, basically. So I think everyone kind of needs to prepare in a way that feels right for them. And also, I know I just made fun of showing up where you're like, I'm just open. But you do want to show up open because... You might think that your issue is one thing and it might actually be something else. Totally. You might be like, my job is driving me crazy and my boss keeps pushing my boundaries. And I might start picking up on when you were growing up at home, it was chaos. And on first glance, that doesn't have to do with the issue that you brought in. But actually, that's the whole issue. So we want to be open and at the same time, bring in intentions. Yes. Yes. And the openness should be
0: without question
2: if you've decided to book
0: a session, you should be open. And then it's setting the more specific intention for yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah. The person who is coming, if they're going to someone who's a good medium or psychic should be able to expect that they will get some specific information back. I know I've been to readings where it's been like, like you were saying before, it's oh, it's all over the mulberry bush, but there's nothing really specific that comes. I think just to know, when you go to see someone, that is a fair expectation to, have that if you come open, that you will get some specific information as a result of a reading?
2: I think so. But I also, I feel like for me, how do I put it? It's like when I first was starting this work, that was the most important thing to me, specificity because of all the things I said before. And I was like, is this real? And I don't want people to think I'm crazy and all of this. And I feel like over time, after having done many readings, I care about the a little bit less, but not because it's not important, but because it's through the connection or through the openness as you're saying, maybe this is what you're saying. I don't know. But it's like the specificity just comes through. And sometimes even for me as the medium, I feel like I'm saying something very general, but it'll be very specific to the person receiving it. And so I'm having to not judge the information. But I find that as a medium for me, I have to relax about and not think about giving specific information. And so, yes, you'll receive specific information. But I think that also people have different definitions for the word specific. So that's where I want to be clear, because if you're Mm -hmm. coming in and you just want to hear names, dates, and you're waiting, you're just waiting to hear it. And then actually you're saying you're open, but you're not. That's
0: huge.
2: Because for me, sometimes when you're going to get a massage and the massage therapist can't get in there, that's what it feels like for me with certain people. So if you're really going in there being like, I'm just waiting to hear something specific, you might actually end up being disappointed because I can't get in there because you're blocking me. So yes and no. I
1: think it helps, yeah, ground a lot of people who maybe haven't had a reading before on what to expect because they may go in there with that list like I want her to say this, this Mm -hmm. and this and because they're so locked on that they either miss everything else or they, like you said, they block that. Exactly. And a
2: lot of the time those details or those specifics will come in the middle of the reading or towards the end. That's what happened yesterday. I was like, does number 24 make sense? I was like 24, 24 and she was like, that's the day he died. But that happened 75% of the reading was already done and a lot of the specifics specifics came at the end. And the way that the reading started was honestly very general. Because again, with mediumship, it's like, just think about, and I'm sorry, but it's like, you die, you're dead okay in this scenario you're dead you're trying to come through to your child or your spouse or a parent or whoever you'll likely come in other teachers will maybe say you're going to come in with specifics because you want them to know that it's you i don't find that that's not how humans operate they're like i'm sorry i love you i'm here and so that's what i'm saying and they're like what are you talking about i'm like i don't know so it just takes a minute sometimes to really get i'm like slow down they're people that's what you have to remember so it's i have a friend who's a medium and this guy came in and he was like hey i had a list of things that if this was my grandma that she would say, and she hasn't said any of them. So I don't know. I'm not getting what I need. And my grandma's alive. And I was just thinking, he knows what his grandma's going to say. Whenever I call my grandma, I have no idea what's going to come out of that woman's mouth, (laughs) out of her mind. It's, you know what I mean? So it's like, how do you, after she passes, I really have no idea what she's going to talk about.
0: So even for people who have had decent readings prior to maybe going to you, they have heard things and they're just going to expect you're going to say the same things. And to your point, because the energy coming through it was a person prior. They want to talk about something else. So they aren't going to give you the same information. You need to understand and be open to that. I think it's, oh, we need to underscore that for people.
2: Yeah, it's so important. And then also it's sometimes you'll go to different mediums and hear the same thing or hear from the same people, but sometimes you won't. I had someone come to me for a reading, I think a few months ago, and she was surprised at the end. She was like, oh, this person didn't come through. They usually come through. This person didn't come through. But someone came through who had never come through in a reading before. And you have- to understand that the spirits who come through depending on what medium it is think about the people in your life either past or living and mediums that you might go to where you might be like you know what this person is so particular i don't think they'd go to this medium i barely like this person you know what i mean (laughs) my my great grandmother will come through to anybody because that's who she is she'll get along with anybody but i have a friend who he'll only come through if he likes you i'm sorry it's i get it the person who came through that she hadn't heard from before i'm like i understand this because he's i feel like his sense of humor I get his personality I get so as a spirit felt easier talking to me so it's I think we have to bring the humanity back in
1: yeah wow it's a great way to put it I would never have thought of that either never that's really helpful
0: you have shared some really good stories already throughout this conversation are there any others or is there one other that you want to
2: share for people listening for right. any stories of transformation I think some of the most transformative readings for other people people are ones where someone comes through who is totally different now than they were when they were here in the physical. So I'll share this story, but I'm going to try to keep it really general so as not to out anybody. But there's a client I have who is just so wonderful and just trying to keep it general. Somebody, she love died because that person was murdered by someone else who also died and in the reading both people came through and the person who was the murderer had to talk first and that was a wild energy to work with i was like listen i don't know what's going on and she was like yeah that makes sense but he was able to apologize and which obviously that's not good and how do you apologize for a murder but i think what people also need to realize about mediumship in terms of transformation and all of that is it's not just about information that you receive as the sitter, sometimes information will come through or a spirit will be able to say something or get something off their chest that will transform the whole energy of the situation and will help release attachment for both them and the sitter. And through this connection, I don't even know how to describe it really, but it's like just hearing from the person who was murdered and that they were okay. And hearing just the whole situation in general. I think it was probably very different from what she was expecting to have happen. But I think it tends to, I was talking about this with someone yesterday where they were like, I think it's really mind blowing that people still do work on the other side after they pass. And so hearing from your parents or hearing from abusive people from the other side and having them really acknowledge pain that they've caused, Yes. just seeing how much lighter people walk out of those situations, not that it takes all the pain away, or anything like that but you never expect to hear an apology from someone or you never expect them to acknowledge the details of what happened I think those are some of the most kind of transformative
0: how courageous I'd say even for the person that came to have the reading and most likely wasn't thinking that they were going to hear from the murderer here they were and you have both the victim and the murderer coming through changes your perspective on everything yeah Life. We were just having a conversation with someone on the podcast. We were talking about angels. They had been the victim of abuse, of sexual abuse. And it was that at that point in their lives that they started to see angels. And they saw an angel with the person that had perpetrated the crime. And for them, it didn't take away from the fact the person perpetrated the crime and they didn't want that person to do it to someone else. However, seeing an angel with that person made them realize no matter what, we all have angels. And so I know it's not the same thing, but it does bring that idea of that energy together that here they are in the afterlife coming together to show the person that came to you that number one, the murderer was sorry. And that the other person, I don't know if they said that they forgave them or anything, but at least that they were okay.
2: Yeah, and I think it's it does away with, we live in a very kind of punitive society and I think we have a very kind of Christianized view of, in a particular like hegemonic Christianity view of what how justice works and how the afterlife is and all of that. And I think with a lot of like indigenous cultures and a lot of what I actually see, it's very different. Everything's a lot more balanced and also you recognize anger in someone because you know what anger feels like than yourself. So it's, we're all capable of harm and we're all capable of say good. I don't know. And and so I feel like a lot of kind of transformation of this work, maybe for me and for other people is rethinking how life even works and how justice even works and why we do it and what.
1: I'm ask about, about that. Has this work changed the way you feel about life after death or your own soul's journey? I'm sure you've learned so much through these reading.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm not even sure how to name it sometimes because it's just the way that I am is completely different than how I used to be. I'm a lot calmer. I actually think about the future less. I was just thinking about this recently because I have a friend who is a scientist and he doesn't believe in what I do, but I think he thinks about the future a lot more than I do. I really value how he thinks about things, but it's, I'm like, oh, I'm the psychic and I don't really think about the future that much because I see how we have different futures that we can choose based on what we're doing with micro movements. And i I think I just see things from other people's perspectives a lot more and I can feel compassion in a way that also feel detached, but I can be like, oh, I don't like what this person did it's even something extremely horrible, even something that's affected me or my loved ones. It's not this. I feel like I don't perform emotion as much. I'm not like, oh, I'm supposed to be outraged. And so I'm outraged. I feel more detached in a way, but in a way that feels healthy. I
0: feel like you almost automatically go to what is it here to teach me? kind of thing? Is it more
2: sometimes, but I also feel like, cause I've heard that a lot and I think everyone should do what works for them. But I feel like sometimes the danger of going, what is this here to teach me? Is you bypass your own feelings. And sometimes I think that also that language can be abused in a way where it's like, oh, this is here to teach me something. But when really it's like, girl, get out of there. Sometimes I do think about what is this here to teach me? But I don't think I go there first. I think I did in the beginning because I thought I was supposed to or something or I couldn't make sense of what was going on. Meaning, yeah, oh, that yeah. people are talking to me. What is going on in my oh, lessons? Okay. But, and now I'll think about, Lessons and what is something here to teach me, but later after I've processed, sometimes you just. I think that's get a great off. point. The processing
0: is important, but I, I'm also thinking of it as there are these losses. So at some level, once you have processed, why and where does that fall in your life, and what you know, and or why are certain people not even dead people in your life, and what is that here? to teach you? Is it teach you to be stronger so that you say, get away? Or it's helping you evolve a certain part of yourself more? Who knows? But there's that. I think your point is that maybe eventually you're there, but processing of something is very important.
2: Yeah, I think both are true. I think that's what I'm saying too, is that I think what I see with a lot of people getting into this work for the first time is they think they're supposed to be superhuman or something. And you start, too. and you start just, just tip. You're like the, I'm fine. Everything's great. This was a lesson for me. And, And I just needed to experience that. And it's like, no, get mad, cry. I talk about this all the time. It's
0: like, this is all a journey. And in reality and honesty, and yes, to some level, we are fine. However, we have the days where we're like, please, somebody freaking help me. Like I yeah. am so down or I'm, am... and if you can never admit those things or feel them, then when you actually feel real joy, if you're not going to feel the shitty parts of things, you're not going to feel the real elated parts
2: of things either. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think too, for you doing the work, first of all, going back to where we started, this is really hard. What you're doing with you, yourself energetically with those who've crossed over energetically and then the person in the room, it's serious work to do what you do. But I think you're probably also starting to see this, this totality in a way of human experience, where we all agree, we all lose someone, we all try to figure out why we're here, what is our purpose. And that's what you're trying to do is orchestrate and connect the dots for people in a way that they may not have thought about it, experienced it before. And I think that's got to teach to be an observer and participant in that has to teach you a
2: lot yeah i think one of the things really is just seeing how much people stand in their own way sometimes or where they're waiting for an external change or for someone to help them or save them when so much can shift and change when you start to take a little bit more responsibility for yourself but without blaming yourself or making it another aggressive self-improvement project so yeah, I think I feel like doing this work for myself, I guess I would say I live in the moment a little bit more because I see how people regret later not doing that. Excited about something, I just let myself be excited. Sometimes even with goals that I have, I'll just be, like, okay, this is a goal that I have and let me just do the steps and then whatever happens and maybe I'll end up somewhere else. I just feel a lot more relaxed about things because I really feel like I see proof all the time of how being extremely anxious about things really help or trying to Control everything, and we only have one life in this body and it, in this timeline. And it, whatever you want to do, besides hurting people,
1: yeah, as long as you're gonna have to deal with that on the other yeah. side. That's right. That.
2: If there's something you want to do, just do it. I think that's a big part of it. Is like how much we wait for permission or try to find the right timing or whatever, and it's like no, do stuff. Go for
1: it. I was just going to say one last question. We love to offer people who are listening practices, daily spiritual things that you do to align your energy, to reground, to connect. Do you have any of those that you could share?
2: I I take a lot of walks. Honestly, a lot of my practice hate and I do specific kinds of meditation, Most will call it like sitting in the power. I can Google it. There's a lot of meditations like that. But I sit with my own energy a lot when I meditate and I just connect with my higher self. And it's often just getting into a feeling of connectedness. And that's how I kind of build up my energy. And that's what allows me to do readings. But besides that, I take a lot of walks and I exercise. I do strength and resistance training. And that's really important for me as a way to kind of get energy out. And I consider it a spiritual practice really, because I think it doesn't have to look any type of way. So if you're someone who you're like, I can't sit still enough to meditate. It's so listen to meditation music and walk outside or listen to like heavy metal and walk outside. Who cares? I think so much of spiritual practice is about grounding into yourself. And I think a lot of my own things that kind of keep me going are more earth-based than they used to be. Just doing things I like and teaching myself discipline. I think the thing I really like about exercise too is that it's really hard and putting my body through difficult things and building up strength and being like, oh, I did this and I can do this. me, that's a spiritual practice. So it's just pushing yourself in some way, making yourself uncomfortable in a way that isn't dangerous, but just stretching a rubber band a little bit. Those are the kinds of practices I would say that kind of keep me grounded. And I just want to say all that because I guess I'm repeating myself, but I do think people have one view of what spirituality has to look like or what alignment has to look like, or this person said that they do it this way and then they're happy all the time and I'm not feeling that what's wrong with me. And it's like, no, just go laugh with your friends or something like that. Just
0: going back to when you talked about exercise or meditation, consistency is key. Yeah. So it's it is, figure out how you can incorporate it into however many times a week. If it's something that meditation might be easier to do every day and maybe exercises almost every day, but it's more that there's consistency with
2: it. So you're constantly keeping that groundedness and connection Mm -hmm. and building up a practice getting better at something i think that helps so much i think people think of spirituality or of connection as going outside of the body and that's not true the earth is our ancestor too trees are our ancestors and through exercise or taking walks and noticing things your intuition works through that so actually the more grounded you are the more you're able to have spiritual and intuitive experiences thank
1: you so much here
0: Oh, oh my goodness. Is. This is like treasure trove, I believe. It really is. Guidance and wisdom. And as truth as you know it. And as Karen and I know it. And we really hope that people walk away with a better understanding of their own intuition as well as what to expect from these types of readings so thank yeah. you thank you this is so much fun you can find out more about working with Nelly her workshops or special events at nellyresnick.com that's n e l l y r e z n i k.com you can also follow Nelly on Instagram at Resnick. thank you hey